evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm John Lucier, and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining me this evening as we get into the things that we are required to do for the Lord in this moment. And throughout the week, the Lord has been talking to me about strengthening and encouraging, strengthening ourselves, or as he says in Hebrews 12, 12, therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Which is an extremely important thing to do, strengthening the body of Christ, making sure everything is in alignment and in the divine order that the Lord created it to be. But he brought me to this because, well, actually, this is not the only place that that scripture is located. It's also located in Isaiah, where, which is interesting, because in Romans 12, it's talking about Jesus as our example, but also discipline from the Father. And that's the section where that verse comes or falls under. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in Isaiah chapter 35, the entirety of the chapter is speaking about Zion's happy or glorious future. And in verse 3, he says, Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. And what the Lord put on my heart with this is that there are many that have grown weary, that have heard the words of the Lord from Scripture, from the prophets, the Lord's prophets that are speaking and saying, oh, the Lord has provided deliverance. It's already done in the Spirit. We have been looking for the natural or the manifestation in the natural realm for the deliverance. But in this, we, as the Lord's people, need to understand the Lord's process. And in the Lord's process, it is done. Whatever it is, is provided the moment he speaks it. Every time the Lord spoke, it was already done. Now there is a natural and appointed time for the actual manifestation of what he spoke to occur. However, it's already done. It's already completed as soon as the Lord stated it. As the moment he speaks it, not when we see the manifestation. We can look at uh, excuse me, Genesis 15, his, the Lord's conversation with Abraham. And he tells them about his, his covenant, but also what he is going to do. He tells him about his own children. After he says, Look, I'm, I'm the Lord your God, you're going to have heirs. You're going to have more heirs than you can count. If you can count the stars in the sky and the, and the sand and the seashore, but then he says, in verse 13, God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. 
But I will also judge the nation whom they serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you will go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. Now all those things were done the moment the Lord said it, there in Genesis. But it takes until Exodus for the children of Israel to come out of Egypt. Let's all understand that that was a huge span of time. But it was already done the moment the Lord said it. So much in the same way that many, many of the servants of the Lord, many who believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, are waiting and looking to see the manifestation of deliverance that the Lord's providing. Know that he's already provided it. It's already done. It's been done since he spoke it. What we have been looking for is the manifestation. And that will come at the appointed time, which is not far off. It is soon. Because the Lord has also spoken. And we have entered into this new season in the Lord. Not just in the fall season, but the Lord dictates dictates the seasons. Excuse me. So what is then there for us to do? Well, I'll give you another example first. Continue to stand on that word, right? Nehemiah went from a, actually the book of Nehemiah begins with him standing on the word that they were going to that is, the Jews, were going to be or come out of captivity, and that they would return to Judah and Jerusalem. And he did that by standing on the word of Jeremiah, the word that the Lord had spoken to Jeremiah, that yet there would be exile, there would be in captivity, but it would only be for a certain amount of time. And he brings that up in, uh, when the book begins, talking about how he understood this. And he was praying and asking the Lord to, well, confirm his word, but to, he was repenting before the Lord for himself and for all the people. So, He also understood the word of the Lord that was spoken to Moses. But his prayer was answered. He continued to stand on it. And the Lord had the appointed time. So for us, there's also a, in preparing our heart and our mind, there's two things that must occur. One, as as we just said, understand that Whatever the Lord said, if it's for deliverance, restoration, whatever you want to state in there, 
is done the moment the Lord speaks it, not when we see the manifestation. And then two, we must understand that there is work to do for the kingdom. Or as we covered in Luke 19, in the previous episode, we are told to occupy until the Lord returns. This is part of the process, of the Lord's process towards his people. You can look at this all the way back in the Garden of Eden. You had Adam and you had woman. And there was work to do in what many would consider a natural paradise. He did not have to water the land. He did not have to till it. It just produced. But he had work to do. He had to name all the animals. Well, guess what? That's work. He had to tend and keep. Or wait, if we put that in modern terms, that's occupying. So he was told by the Lord then, occupy. And he walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. Now, no, he didn't have to be super labor intensive or do all this extra stuff. That came under the curse. That came as a result of the curse. But even in the garden, it was to tend and keep, to guard and to govern. That, is, that takes work. Not that we're working out of our flesh. It's not by our might or by our own power, but by the Lord's Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. Now for us, that's not the only place that, that we see that. Again, let's go to Nehemiah. And in the story of Nehemiah, the Lord provides this, well, amazing opportunity for the people, or for Nehemiah to leave and to rebuild Jerusalem. But guess what? He had work to do. Now, he had already worked in prayer and in supplication, you could say, before the Lord, repenting for himself and for the people. And then he's there before the king and the queen. But the king asks him what's wrong. He prays to the Lord and says, hey, I'd like to go home and rebuild my nation. It's in ruins. It needs to be repaired and restored. It needs to be rebuilt. Well, he's talking about going and doing work. And the king, because of the Lord, says yes. And what else do you need? And he gave him all these supplies and letters to get supplies as often as was needed in order to repair, wait, to do the work that was required in rebuilding what was destroyed. And to bring people with him, to bring people back with him of whoever wanted to go. And he released all the articles from the temple from Solomon's temple. All the gold utensils so they could be returned and restored. And this he started to do. 
And if you read out through the story of Nehemiah, which also overlaps with Ezra and Haggai and Zechariah and even a little bit of Micah, there is a ton that takes place in there. But there came a time, and this is what the enemy does, where the enemy tried to wear down the saints, tried to wear down those that were doing the work so that they would leave and stop doing the work that was required. It should sound familiar. It should look familiar. That's exactly what's been happening in this nation, in the United States. We should not be unaware of the schemes of the adversary, of Satan and the devil. We should not be unaware of those things, but they shouldn't stop us. We should be strengthened in the Lord and in the power of his might to go and do, fulfill, complete all the work that he has given us to do. But I bring up Nehemiah because in Nehemiah, there came a time where people shifted the focus. It started off by seeking the Lord. It started off by doing what the Lord had called them to do, the work that they were called to do. Even after getting all the letters and the equipment and the, the materials and everything else that was needed, Nehemiah had to then go survey the land to come up with a game plan, again, provided by the Lord, and then to go carry out that plan. And the people were involved. But there came a time where, as I said, the people felt or encountered opposition. They encountered others that were attempting to get them to quit doing the work. And in this process, many of the people stopped doing the work. They gave in. And then focused on their own lives, on their, their own households, on themselves, trying to better their position, their status, their, their financial standings. But when we look at that, it came at the expense of their own brethren. Yep, the work was ridiculed, but when they sought to go and establish their own homes, there came many problems. So much so that their own brethren, their own relatives, their own countrymen, under, well, drought and famine and everything else, could not come to the aid of anyone else. They were helpless because the things that they owned or that they were working actually belonged to others. So they weren't even in a position where they could help their own communities. And they were encouraged to remove usury, to remove those things and to get back to the work. 
And when they did, when they removed those things from their lives and looked out for each one his own neighbor, for the, they looked and chose to serve the rest of the people instead of their own self, their own lust, their own desires. The building continued. The wall was completed. And the people thrived. It should look and sound exactly like this nation and what has happened to many in this nation. There have been people at every level that have chosen to usurp and to extract to better their own standing and situation. But it's come at the cost of putting their own brethren, citizens of this nation, into bondage. And I say this about the United States because that's where I am right now and I'm, that's where I'm observing. But I'll tell you, I have observed this throughout the entire earth. All the various nations I've been afforded the opportunity to travel to. This is happening everywhere. And at what cost? How can we say we love our brother or our sister if we're willing to extract from them and put them in bondage so we can have an easier time? And to what point and purpose? I see nowhere in Scripture where the Lord says, hey, let's work. Work hard enough so that you can then kick your feet back and kick your feet up. Lay back and do nothing. I'll never have to work again. There's always work to do for the kingdom. Even when the Lord brought about deliverance to the children of Israel when they were in Egypt, they were working, yes, as slaves. And they had to endure through the plagues. But after the plagues, they then had to get ready to leave. They had to go collect the things that the Lord said were owed to them, gold and silver and all these things that were due them. Wait, because the Lord said it. Not because it's what they wanted, but because the Lord again spoke and said, these things are yours. They will give them to you. But they had to go get them. They had to load them up. And then they had to continue the preparation, and then leave, actually depart. All of that takes work and effort and energy and planning. There's always work to do for the kingdom. It may look different at various points and phases along the way, but there's always work to do. David had plenty of work. Now his work was fighting. But he also made preparations to build the house of the Lord. He set aside those things. He planned and purposed in his heart to make sure it was already established for his son, the Lord's chosen vessel, Solomon, to go build the Lord's house. Solomon had work to do. Even though he was 
there ruling and reigning in a time of peace. Wait, that time of peace came as a result of the work his father had done. Through all the battles, through all the warfare. But he still had work to do. He still had people to care for. He still engaged with other world leaders. That's still work, even though he was there at a time of peace. Here there's a deliverance that, that is happening in Nehemiah, in, in Nehemiah's day. But the people are entering the work, are entering into the, the place and location the Lord has called them to, to do the work to build up and reestablish what was once destroyed, to bring about restoration. And it's no difference for us. I say this so we can prepare our hearts and our minds that when you see the manifestation of the deliverance that the Lord has provided, Know that we have only now or then entered, as you see it, we will have entered into a new phase of work, which is the rebuilding and bringing about the restoration. The rebuilding of this nation in line with the covenant made by our founding fathers, that we are a nation under God looking at all the, the, the laws, the legislation, in every aspect, education, media, every area and aspect of life to ensure that it all lines up with the Lord and with His laws, with His Word, and is consistent throughout, just as our Lord and Savior is. that is a nation founded upon the Lord that does righteousness and justice in and of itself and throughout the whole earth. Yes, towards its own people, its citizens, and to all others that it comes in contact with. That we as a nation, as a people, are consistent in all that we do. Just like you see here in Nehemiah's time. The people had to choose to enter into that. They had to choose to forsake the things that were for personal gain. And enter into the things that the Lord wanted them to do. A rebuilding and a restoration, not just for themselves, but for the people, the people of the day, but also for the future generations. It's exactly what the Lord talks about in Galatians. We've been given the same opportunity where he says, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. For so, or so then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, 
and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Let's understand that the Lord has in his process. It's already completed in the spiritual. You are looking for the manifestation. But let us also adjust our heart and our mind to come into the divine order and alignment with the Lord. That is not just for us. It is for the people to the left and to the right of us. It is for those people that are with us today and for the future generations. And let us look and enjoy, rejoice in doing the work, knowing, and by the work, I mean the work of the Lord, what he's called us to do in the moment, knowing that it'll be a blessing and a benefit for us today, but also for the future generations. And let it be an example and something that we utilize to teach our children and our children's children. Why this is necessary, why following and serving the Lord is necessary. Where we had come from, what we needed to be delivered from, and where the Lord has brought us to, and how he did it. It's exactly what Moses was telling the children of Israel in the wilderness. Teach your children about these things. Read the laws and the words of this book to them so that they don't forget it, but that they can understand and walk in it and continue to do what the Lord has called them to do. The Lord's the one that knows the plans for us. And he's also told us, his people, to be strong and courageous, just like he told Joshua. Don't be discouraged. It's not by our own might and our own power that things are being accomplished. It's only by the Spirit of the Lord who is leading and guiding us, who has put his hand on us, on you, empowering you to fulfill all that you are called to do. So I just want to encourage you with that this evening. Be strengthened in the Lord and the power of his might. And don't grow weary. We have the opportunity to do good to all people, and especially those in the household of faith. So I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us this evening. Be strengthened, be encouraged, and I'd like to especially thank you for doing righteousness and justice. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.